give up and go home and make lots of good karma, lots of merit, then perhaps in my next life I might be able to practice. <laughs> so I started to, to think like that. And Buddha appeared before Sona, could read his mind, appeared before him and said, you know, tell me, what did you do before you came into the order? And uh, what did you like to do? What, 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 what was your occupation? And Sona said, well, I used to play an instrument, played a veena like a lute, a stringed instrument. And so then the Buddha said, well, what happens if the strings were too tight? He said, well, it doesn't make a really good sound. You know, it's quite squeaky. And what happens if the string is too loose? And uh, Sona will say, well, you can't get any sound. There's nothing much happens. So then the Buddha encouraged Sona to adjust the quality of his effort like the string of his instrument, not too tight, not too willful, not too much effort, so that it starts to feel overwhelming and one collapses and gives up. <coughs> so starts to think about how difficult it might be to sustain a practice. When we get home during our life, start thinking of strategies how to do it. Or just uh, string too loose, just this sense of wanting to to uh, to give up, to to not really, you know, not really quite fully be here. This sort of waffliness of intention. You sit here, but the body's here. But there's this kind of ambivalence about really being here. And the mind just sort of skids off the moment, goes into thoughts, speculations, starts thinking about the practice rather than really doing it. It's a bit deadly when we start thinking about it, we <laughs> get into trouble. So this adjusting the instrument, adjusting the string, adjusting the quality of effort. So there's enough to be to be here. Maybe just a just a subtle sense of being a bit more committed to being in the moment. Committed not so much to something or someone but committed to bringing fullness of mindfulness, of attentiveness, of awareness to our experience here and now. Just that much, just in this moment, not worrying about what might happen in the future. Doing it just for a few breaths, and then building on that, if we find our effort is very we just find it very hard to be here, then setting up a goal that one can accomplish, like can I be with five breaths? You know, starting with something very, okay, three breaths, <laughs> just one breath. <laughs> yeah. And being, you know, being able to really enjoy the sense of, of fullness of being able to complete attentiveness to the cycle of one breath. So it sounds very, yeah, it can sound a bit sort of like silly, saying, oh, well, you know, 
it's just beginners, but it's actually very helpful to feel, well, actually, I'm just stuck. Can I just be here for a few breaths? Feel the breath. Can I be here for five minutes as fully as I can? So the mind <clears throat> helps the mind to negotiate the sense of accessibility with practice. Do It's doable rather than feeling just so overwhelmed when we start thinking about how <clears throat> big it all can be or how big the issues of our life are. <clears throat> or if we find that we're very goal-orientated, very driven in our life, focused on getting things done, getting things done. And then when we come into meditation, that kind of attitude starts to translate into how we approach our meditation. And there can be a lot of frustration because we never quite feel we're getting enough out of it. So it can be, you know, need a feeling of failure or lack of enjoyment of the process. Frustration, irritation with ourselves, irritation for, with others if they disturb us. A certain kind of tightness can come about. So if that's our tendency, then it might be helpful just to, to also be with a breath at a time, but just to, to be with that breath or to be with a moment in a more relaxed or letting go way. It's allowing the sense of just letting, letting go, being open to be content with a very simple process of the day, relaxing into simple, rather than the feeling of getting somewhere. So, so adjusting attitude, adjusting the quality of our effort, so that like Sona's stringed instrument, the, there's a, the, a sound can appear when it's balanced, when the string is just the right tautness, not too tight, not too slack, then music can happen. And same way with the quality of effort, with just the balanced quality of attentiveness. Enough here, but in an easeful way. Bringing presence... to how it is not having to overly milk the moment and get something not having to get tangled up or push away but just resting in the easefulness of being with how it is and as that happens as awareness, as mindfulness is established, then it reveals more fully the nature of the body, of the mind, of the five khandhas that we've been contemplating. The flow of sensation, feeling, thought, perception, memory, preference, As we 
just with this much, being with this moment and knowing this is the nature of feeling. It's just like this. This is the nature of sensation. It's been encouraged to, if, if uncomfortable, there's an experience working within the template of the four truths that we've been contemplating if there's the experience of dukkha or discomfort struggle and being able with that clarity the discernment awareness or mindfulness has within it an active dimension which is discernment or, or wisdom can discern it's like this, it's pleasant sensation or feeling, it's unpleasant sensation or feeling. It's neutral, not quite sure what it is. <coughs> when we contemplate the nature of our experience and then notice how do we get tangled up around the khandhas, how do we start to, to, to struggle to generate dukkha, What's happening? There's, there's pleasant sensation or unpleasant, pleasant, peaceful mind state, then very easily the subtle sense of, of desire, of wanting, wanting more, wanting it to last, wanting it not to be disturbed. And already <coughs> in that movement, there's the, the fear, the anxiety of loss gets created, the attachment the identification, the wanting it, conditions the opposite. So the mindfulness, we can really, that will arise, it's natural, the movement. Subtle movement to hold to the pleasant. And just notice that without judgment, without crushing that, but just as to illuminate be present to that. What is what is that like? Or if unpleasant, difficult mind state, feeling tone. We can notice the aversion, the resistance, the confusion. Why why me? Why am I experiencing this? What what am I gonna do about it? I've got to do something about it. I've got to sort myself out. It's, something wrong with me that I'm feeling this or I'm experiencing this state. And the mindfulness holding attention, just noticing the tendency to perpetuate through the identification again, through the resistance, the, the, the accumulation of, of aversion. I don't like it like this or, or confusion. I don't know what's happening. Why me? The remedy has been practicing in this uh, sutta that Kirisaro mentioned yesterday morning, the Arrow Sutta, the Buddha encouraged, rather than getting tied up and tangled up, just to know just this much in this moment, is it pleasant, unpleasant feeling, sensation? Can we just know that much? Just staying right there.
And this begins to enable us to root and notice that which is knowing, that which is just aware. Not so reactive to the flow of the khandhas, identifying with them, grasping, resisting, interpreting them as my problem. subtle way the sense of self arises in relationship to feeling, thought, perception, memory. This is me thinking, me feeling, noticing that. And then as there's more rootedness, as the presence increases, this samadhi, this gatheredness, moments of presence, moments of being here, the the revelation of, of that which is just knowing, just aware, that isn't that which is knowing, isn't the feeling, isn't the thought, isn't the perception, isn't the memory, isn't the problem, but just knowing how it is, aware. Uh, Ajahn Sumedho, our teacher, monastic teacher, would call the Buddha being the Buddha, being the one that's knowing, contemplating the Dhamma, the Dhamma of things, sounds, the feelings, the flow of the five khandhas. Knowing draws near to sensation, feeling like those. You know, when, we, when there's no illumination of awareness, it's a bit like the analogy from last night. It's a bit like looking at the, the Ganges River, and we, we have a name for it. We say, that's the Ganges River. This is an analogy from the Buddha again. We sort of go up to it and we try and pick up the Ganges River and it just flows through our fingers. It just bubbles. It's so insubstantial. We can't really find an essence of Ganges River. And yet we can't say that there isn't a river. And in the same way, when we draw attention and illuminate and bring presence to the flow of the five khandhas, moments of Sensory experience, hearing, tasting, touching, feeling, knowing. The shapes, the patternings of the self, the self in this shape that's doing well, or the self that suddenly turns into the opposite shape that's suddenly lost it. The perceptions, being in Gaia House is a, in a way, it's perception perception is a mental formation but a perception is sight is feeling tone as we draw near to the flow of these khandhas perception, thought, feeling (coughs) sensation then it's like that river we try and pick a piece of it and say this is me together as, as it as the khandhas 
like a hologram emerge and coalesce and there's the movement to identify there's a sense of a sense of solidity, sense of me being a person that's struggling. And then if we really, with this mindfulness, really investigate and look, well, where is the core of that? How do we pick a piece out? We find that it's like those bubbles. It will reveal it's like a substantiality. It's unpleasant feeling, difficult mood, Anxiety, restlessness, sense of lostness, hope, speculation, worry. We start to illuminate with the strength of awareness, look into and seeing, contemplating its nature. So today in our practice, you just this is really in the heart of the retreat. Put in a lot of very good effort to create the container that we have, the quality of presence, personal presence, but communal holding that's here. It allows us to explore, to contemplate. The Buddha gave a very helpful teaching to, to really illuminate this opening into the non-dual heart, the heart of presence, the heart, the mind, the mind ground, that which is when there's not the grasping or the rejecting, the identification. He was, a, he was out one day on arms round collecting arms with his bowl in a village and someone came up to him, saw him walking, very peaceful, and uh, this person was called Bahia. And Bahia came up to the Buddha and said, you know, Venerable Sir, Lord, you look, uh, your countenance is very peaceful, please teach me the Dhamma. And the Buddha said to Bahia, this isn't the time, the Tathagata's on arms around, this isn't the time to give a teaching. And Bahia said, well, life is short, life is impermanent, please give me a teaching. And then it went on in the sutra to say that Bahia asked three times of the Buddha for a teaching. And the Buddha said when, when the Tathagata is requested three times, then he is compelled to respond. And so his teaching, or one aspect of it which we can practice today, is a very powerful teaching, a very helpful teaching for unhooking from the, from the wheel 
of this birth and death that Kinsara is reflecting on. Uh, this becoming, this this identification, this mood, this feeling of always moving into something, the next thing, or resisting, moving away from how it is, perpetuates this sense of restlessness, suffering, agitation. This teaching really can help us bring us back home, bring us back to the heart. And the Buddha turned to Bahia and he said, Bahia, in the scene is just the scene. In the herd, it's just the herd. And in the cognized, is just the cognized. Or in the thought, is just the thought. Thus, you should see that indeed there is no thing here, Bahia, and therefore you should train yourself. There's no thingness here. In the scene, it's just the scene. It's very powerful because the the faculty of the seeing eye, when we we see, we say if we go outside and we look at the landscape around us, it's very hard for us to not project onto what we're seeing a whole set of concepts and ideas. Oh, look at the sky, it's grey, is it going to rain? It always rains in England. and It's very different than South Africa. At this time of year, it's winter in South Africa. The landscape's very dry. In fact, it's so dry, it's very prone to fires. I hope they've done the fire breaks at the Hermitage. I wonder how much it's going to cost this year and who's going to do it. And I hope they don't let the fires go. <laughs> My... Mind just starts, you know, as a sight, and then immediately can start generating a reality. We look at, I can look at these incredible oak trees. You don't really, where we are, get trees so magnificent. So these ancient, old oak trees. I look at a tree and I start thinking about the trees and how the trees are being cut down and you know and how how difficult that is and you know, what should we do about it and stop thinking about the ecological crisis and meltdown and you know, whether I should become an eco warrior and rather than sitting on this mat and what am I doing wasting my time and you know and it's not to say none of that might be true or important but in the moment you know when when our action is not really rooted in depth you know, how much do we really help so this depth that the that this teaching points to is able to say in the scene just the seeing it's it's easier in some ways in nature it's more difficult with people and more powerfully it's more difficult with ourselves we have a difficult feeling or mood or memory that comes up and immediately we don't just, in the seeing, it's just the seeing. It's just like this. It's feeling, it's sensation, it's perception. Immediately there's this struggle. I shouldn't be feeling this. Or I get caught up in doubt. Why am I feeling this? Or what am I going to do about it? And it becomes, you know, we create this huge sense of me with a problem. Or in the hearing, 
just hearing sound. This is one of the most powerful gateways into the unconditioned, into the, the suchness of the moment, that which isn't going anywhere. It's to hear sound rather than getting so involved in the quality of the sound, whether we like it, whether we don't, whether it's pleasing. Hearing sound, hearing the nature of sound, it's arising, and then it's cessation. The sound ceases, it inducts us, it carries us back into the silence. But they're still listening. So you could say the sound has arisen and passed, but that which is listening is still listening. The sights come and go, but that which is knowing is still present. So what is that? Most subtle and most difficult in the thinking is just the thinking and the cognize is just the cognition, process of cognition. The thing we get most tripped up by is our thinking. Thinking about yesterday, tomorrow, me, what I'm doing, where I'm going, sort of the stories we tell ourselves. All of that's it's not, not to deny the power and the reality and the importance of of thought. But when we don't really understand that thought, just to be able to see thought as a thought rather than a total description of who we are and what the world is, then we're constantly tied up, constantly struggling. It's very powerful to have a moment just to be able to see this is a thought. Whether it's a good thought, illuminated thought, enlightened thought, demonic thought, Shameful thought, crazy thought. I can only have good thoughts. Of course, as we start to sit and relax, all sorts of kind of amazing, crazy stuff comes up. And we can feel really, we can feel, you know, if we identify with that, we feel really kind of, oh God, I'm just going crazy. This meditation is just making me mad. This mindfulness is our refuge, the, the heart is our refuge. Khandas come and go according to their dharma, according to their nature. So just to be able to have moments today. So can I just notice, can there just be the illumination of the prajna paramita, the w- wisdom illuminating the nature of the khanda? It's just thought. It's like that. Memory, perception has an impact, it has a felt sense, it has a shaping, it has maybe a sense of self. But it's also flickering, arising, passing, moving, unfolding, and that which knows is. That which knows isn't the thought. Listening into the khandas and listening, practice of listening into the, into the heart itself. 
we listen to the sounds, we think the thoughts, but can we also listen into that which is knowing, that which is listening? Listening into the stillness, into the presence, into the silence. Doesn't mean to say there's not movement, there's not sound, but listening into the suchness of the moment, the suchness of the heart, the diamond heart, the Vajra Sutra, pointing directly to the, the diamond heart, the indestructible heart, the luminous heart, the heart that reflects many facets. the unbounded heart, the knowing heart, the wise heart, the present heart. The heart that's resonant with how it is, not fearful, not reactive, not grasping. The trusting heart. In the Vajra Sutra it said that the the Buddha said that he or she who seeks me in form or seeks me in sound, they practice a misguided way and do not find the Tathagata. To find one's heart, it's not in form, sound different kinds of practices, lineages, schools, ideas, something we're going to get to, something we've accumulated from the past. This heart, this very awareness, cannot be defined, cannot be grasped, can only be known, can cannot even be known actually. The word prajna, literally means before knowledge. It can, we can only be it. We are it. Being, resting in the heart ground. Being Buddha, the Buddha, the one reflecting on the Dhamma. The Dhamma of how things are. Unfolding moment by moment. The magic show of the mind. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.